Let's open our Bibles again this evening to Genesis chapter 40. Still considering some lessons here. We won't read the chapter again, but if you'll turn to it so you can kind of review it as we we'll read a few select verses from chapter 40 of Genesis. Uh, but we'll continue to, to learn the lessons that uh, are found here for us as we consider the experiences and the trials of Joseph while he's in prison. And, of course, he's there falsely accused, but he's there and he's now risen to a place of responsibility where he actually, as a prisoner, takes care and is responsible for the rest of the prisoners and their needs. And we read where there were two fellow prisoners, the former butler of Pharaoh and the baker, and they both had dreams and they were both perplexed and Joseph was sensitive enough to see that they were distressed over it, asked him about it, and he pointed them directly to Jehovah. Well, these things are in his hand. There's nothing too difficult for him. Tell me your dream. And they did. And the butler's dream was interpreted by Joseph as he received the interpretation from the Lord that the butler would be restored to his place of position. And, of course, it happened just like that, just like Joseph told him that it would. But the baker, he was to be executed. And we don't know why one was restored and one was executed. We don't know the details of that. But we do know the accuracy of the interpretation that Joseph gave. And so one of the the next lessons that we want to learn from Joseph's life here is to always tell people what God says, whether it is perceived as good or bad. God revealed that the butler was going to be restored. Well, that's good news. Who wouldn't want to hear that interpretation? And Joseph readily told him that, that that was what was going to happen. But the word that was from God for the, for the baker, that was a pretty harsh word. You're going to die. You're going to be executed. Your head will be lifted from your body. And yet Joseph, without hesitation, he gave the message that God had given him without hesitation. And so the lesson that we can learn is that we always need to say what God says, not just, you know, the, the theme today among many churches is you tell people what they want to hear and just make them feel comfortable, make them feel happy. But we are called to preach the word to proclaim what God says to be true in his word. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and verses 18 and 20 and look at some doctrinal statements in this age of grace. We need to accurately proclaim the word of God. Without prejudice, without favor, we just say what God says. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 18 to 20. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. In other words, it is positive. It is, it is accurate. It's always going to be true and faithful. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Paul's message of the grace of God was clear, and it was simple, and it wasn't presented for debate or yes or no. 
this is the will of God. Yes, this is the will of God. And he preached salvation through faith in Jesus alone. Jesus is the Christ. And there was no wavering, no matter what group he was with, whether it was with the Jews or the Greeks, whether it was with the religious or the, or the, the pagans. He preached the same gospel without compromise. Second Corinthians chapter 2. And this message of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is a double-edged sword, as we will see here in 2 Corinthians two fourteen to 17. There are things that, about the gospel that God says to be true that many do not want to hear. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, I'm not that bad. I'm not, I'm not as bad a sinner as so-and-so. You, you hurt my feelings when you call me a sinner. Well, God calls you a sinner. You're born into sin, and you are a sinner by practice. Unpleasant part of the gospel. Those who reject the grace of God, who refuse to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, there is eternal condemnation for rejecting the offer of God's grace, the offer of eternal life. People don't want to hear about hell, about that eternal condemnation. That's a part of our message, and it's a true part. It's not yes or no. It's, it's yes. This is what God has revealed to be true. But thank God for the other side of that. Whosoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Whosoever. And, and so our message needs to be clear and not water it down as has been done throughout the centuries in order to make it more palatable to the hearer. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Once again, Joseph didn't have this verse, this passage, but this pretty well is exemplified in Joseph and his actions, isn't it? To the one, his word was a word of death. To the other, it was a a word of life. When we Say what God says in every situation. When we do not compromise the gospel, when we share it with others, it, it's going to be an aroma one way or the other, either aroma of death or an aroma of life. And I've said many times, and you've probably heard many lessons on this passage, that Paul is actually describing that triumphant parade military parade for the conquerors of Rome when they returned from conquering other countries and tribes. They would come back and they would hold this this very glorious parade for them. And in that parade, there were captives that were taken captive when they were conquered. Some of those slaves were going to be set free as an act of mercy. And the rest of them were going to be executed. And in that parade, there were, uh, they used different kinds of fragrances and, and uh, incense. And so there was an aroma with that victory parade. But that aroma meant one thing to one group 
and another to another group. And it's the same with the hearing of the gospel. For those who reject it, they are held responsible for that rejection. But for those who accept it, it is a sweet aroma of eternal life. And so may we be like Joseph and just say what God says and leave the rest to him. It wasn't what Joseph decided was going to be the fate of these two individuals. It's what God revealed to be the truth. The last lesson that we'll consider here in this 40th chapter is found in verses 14 and 15 of Genesis 40, if you want to look at that. And the lesson that we can learn here, and it's a tough one sometimes, is that our reward for doing the will of God and for being faithful to proclaim his word accurately, our reward is never from men. It comes from God. Now, sometimes God will allow individuals to recognize our faithfulness to the Lord, and that's a good thing, and that's an encouraging thing. But even that, even when it's acknowledged, that's not our reward. If it is, if that's what you are looking for, then you have your reward, and it's very passing. It's not eternal. But our reward comes from God. And in Genesis 14, verses 14 and 15, Joseph, speaking to the butler that was going to be reestablished to his post as the butler to Pharaoh, he says this to him, But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and I also have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. I like this this little insight into Joseph. It lets me know that he wasn't just happy-go-lucky, and just whatever happens is just fine with me. And a lot of people think that's how a Christian is just supposed to be, just always shouting hallelujah and praise the Lord in every circumstance and every situation. Joseph didn't want to be here. Joseph felt the injustice that he experienced. He felt that. He didn't like it. It was not something that was, oh, well, no big deal. He didn't want to be here. Yet, in the midst of it, he didn't murmur and complain. He sought God, how can I be what you want me to be in this situation, in this moment? That's the real example of faith. It's not that you don't ever have down moments. It's not that you experience things that, that you don't want to experience and that they're, they're unpleasant and, and you don't like them. No, you're, you're going to have all of those moments. But faith says, God's allowed this to happen. And I don't understand why, and I may never understand why in this life. But I trust my Father. I can't see the end, and He can. And yet He's promised, this is working for me and not against me. He made that promise, the one who can see the end of this, so I have to trust Him. I don't have to pretend I know how it's going to work out, because sometimes you just don't know. But I know the one who does. As the song says, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. That's faith. And we see that with Joseph. If he was depending on his continuing to be faithful and continuing to serve and to honor the Lord and to minister to others, if he was depending on this one to get him out of here before he would continue to do that, it wasn't going to happen. Because we know that in verse 23, of Genesis 40, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And you'll experience that in life. When you are faithful to do what God wants you to do and to minister to others, 
you will be devastated at times when it seems like they forgot and they don't, they don't care. As a pastor, I have experienced this many times, made many sacrifices on, on the behalf of individuals, and then later down the line, it's like I'm their worst enemy. And, and it hurts. And that's when you have to remember God is the one who will reward. My reward is not from men. We do what we do because we love the Lord. We do what we do because he's told us to love others. And if we're going to please him and love him, we'll do what he's asked us to do. We do what we do for his glory. Colossians 3. In this life, we often must continue to serve and to honor the Lord, even when it seems like nobody cares or nobody notices. Or even at times when people despise what you do for the Lord and in his name. You continue to do what's right. Often I have dealt with many of God's people who, well, so-and-so treated me like this, so that's why I did this, and that's why I said that. And what God always is impressed upon me and what I share with others, it really doesn't matter what other people do. I don't do what's right because somebody else does what's right. I don't do what's right looking for somebody to pat me on the back. I do what's right in God's sight because I love him because I love the Lord Jesus Christ. That will get you through the times of injustices, the times when you've made sacrifices and nobody seems to care or appreciate or even notice. When the enemy tells you, well, why do you even try? Anyone else have those temptations or not? Why do you even try? Because I love Jesus. Because he died for me when those that he was dying for crucified him. That's the Christ in me that I need to learn to yield to. Colossians 3:22 through 24. Bond servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God, standing in awe of him and whatever you do. So what, what's included in that? Whatever you do. So that's your home life, that's your school life, that's your every aspect of your life. Whatever you do, do it heartily with all of your heart as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you don't remember that, you're going to be fallen by the roadside, skinned, bruised, and just wallowing in self-pity. And I think probably all of, us, all of us have been there at times. We've been in on that roadside. But when you remember, I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees. He notices. He cares. And he will reward faithfulness. That, that will cause you to be anchored and to be faithful no matter what your circumstances. In Joseph's case, whether you're a slave or a prisoner, you still do what's right in God's sight. Even when you do something for someone and they don't help you out when they could, you do it as under the Lord. Because we're not looking to others for our blessing, for our guidance, for our protection, for our provision. We're looking to the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 9 to 12. Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation 
though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What an assurance we have. Others will forget. The butler forgot. Forgot Joseph. How could you forget Joseph? But he forgot him. God will never forget. And when you do what you do because you love him, in obedience to him, for his glory, it doesn't matter whether someone else treats you unjustly. Your heavenly father will never be unjust. He will always be faithful to his promises. So let's don't become sluggish, but let's imitate those like Joseph through faith. And that's what we're talking about. It's not some personality that's just stronger than everybody else. If you're a child of God, you have everything you need to be this kind of individual. It's not a matter of your natural abilities or talents or virtues. This is simply by believing what God says. I believe what he says about me. I believe what he says about the Christ in me. And so instead of making excuses like we are so good at making excuses for not doing what we're supposed to do or not having the right attitude, well, we we deserve to feel like this. We have every right to feel like this. Instead of making excuses, by faith we say what God says. And when we fall short of that, and we all have, when we fall short of that standard, that we would not make excuses and say what God says, God, I failed you. I, I didn't do I didn't have the right attitude in this situation. Lord, forgive me and give me the wisdom to make the right steps going forward. And his grace is sufficient to do that, to restore you, to give you strength to learn and to walk with him. There really is no better life. It sounds like a lot of sacrifice and a lot of suffering at the hands of others. Just on the surface, it doesn't sound great, but there is no greater life to live than a life of faith. Put your hands in the Lord. If you're trusting in your own wisdom and intelligence how to get through this life, you're, you're going to get hurt deeply. But when you trust the Lord, there, there's a confidence there. Not in yourself, but I'm in God's hands. I know we have the responsibility to seek him, to obey, to yield. But when we do that, everything else is up to him. He orders the steps of a good man. He watches over those who live by faith. We'll finish this evening with Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. Galatians 6, chapter 6, and verses 9 and 10. I have often, of late, well, maybe probably for the past year or two, said I'm tired. And I am, physically, emotionally, mentally, and I have to come back to this. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. May that passage be real to us. Notice that God has a season. There's trials, there's suffering, there's sacrifice. But he has an end for us. He has a plan and a purpose, just like he did for Joseph. Let us not grow weary in the process. Let us yield ourselves to the process. 
and know that he will show himself faithful, as he did in the life of Joseph.